The Silver Bullet Podcast with your host, CUPW shop steward and letter carrier, Pirate Jim. My daddy was a miner and I'm a miner's son. And I'll stick with the union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Updates, extras, and oopsies!
on Thursday night, February 15th, my, uh, my blown, my blown, my phone was blowing up, uh, and I didn't check it out until the next morning. And I had read that the police had been called on, uh, the president of the local in Edmonton. And I was like, what? And then yesterday on, uh, the cup, uh, sorry, CUPW 730 Edmonton local, uh, website newsletter this was posted president's statement police called and full-time officers banned from canada post property president oh right just said that on february 16th 2023 i was asked to join members of the parcel section on shift three the evening shift at the edmonton mail processing plant the empp to have a meeting with their shift manager the members had initially requested the meeting with him last Thursday, but were told that he was unavailable and would speak with them at their quarterly meeting scheduled for this Thursday, which I believe was this past that day or the one coming up. I don't know. In preparation, I gave Canada Post the proper notice as per our collective agreement and reminded the shift manager ahead of time that the members had requested to speak with him at that meeting. Yes, yeah, so it was supposed to be on that Thursday. At the appointment, at the appointed time, I joined the members of the parcel section for their meeting, which management had decided to cancel. Regardless, the members joined together and showed up for the meeting because they needed to be heard. At this point, the supervisors tried to brush them off. When the shift manager arrived, he tried to take me aside for a private conversation and proceeded to ask me how I gained access to the building. He did not address the members who were attempting to use their right to complain under Article 9.07. If you want to find out more about that one, go back to Episode 2, I think, where I talk about Article 9.07. He then left the meeting, uh, but lingered in the area. Meanwhile, the workers continued to request their scheduled discussion with their shift manager as the other supervisors yelled and pointed fingers at them. It was quite hostile. Our request was refused and threats of discipline started. Still, the members held fast and refused to give up their right to complain. They were here to bring forward important health and safety issues and had waited long enough. They were also clear that they wanted to get back to work, but wanted to have their five-minute conversation with management. That's all they wanted, five minutes. An hour went by, then an hour and a half. In that time, CPC called in the city director, their labor relations officer, and their head of security. The city director did not listen to the members Oh, sorry, the city director did not listen to the members' concerns and instead made threats and accusation, accusations in a raised voice, even telling a shop steward that, yes, he was denying them the right to complain under Article 9.07 of the CA. The labor relations officer, with little convincing, did take the time to hear what the members had to say. She then told them that their actions count as a major misconduct and discipline could follow. When the head of Canada Post Security arrived, he asked to speak with me privately. I agreed, but did not. Oh, sorry. I agreed, but did bring a shop steward with me. He told me that there were police officers waiting outside and that he was talking to Canada Post's legal team about what charges to lay. 
either a dis disturbance charge or a delay of mail charge under the Canada Post Act. Holy crap! Holy crap. All the members wanted was their five minutes with their shift manager. That's it. So, this morning, which this, I think, was Friday morning. Yes, or Saturday. I don't remember. This morning, Canada Post sent an email banning all full-time officers from Canada Post property. I'm assuming this is just in Edmonton. They then sent another email changing all grievance hearings to virtual meetings until further notice. Wow. By early afternoon, they restored access to all full-time officers, except for the president, Devin Rundle. This is a clear violation of Article 3.04 regarding union access to place of employment. I am so proud of our Shift 3 members, Devin said. We even broke into a chorus of Solidarity Forever at one point. Oh my god, now that I would have loved to have been there for. I would have started a few other songs too. Anyway, they calmly stood their ground and did not back down. Yes. In Solidarity... Devin Runville, president of CUPW Local 730. If you want to check out this again and, and, and read it yourself, go to uh, cupw730.ca. Uh, cupw730.ca is their, is their, uh, their website. And I'm in their newsletter. <laughs> They've put a little ad in there for my newsletter. So welcome all you listeners from Edmonton. I know some of you have been here from the beginning. And, uh, yeah, I'm starting to broaden out here. I've decided that I will make this uh, a more regional uh, show and uh, talk about things at other locals as well. Oh, maybe even their calendar events, if I can figure that one out. Not today, not today. So anyway, there you go. Breaking news. Canada Post president banned and almost arrested. <laughs> oh, did I even mention that? Uh, there was like a, um, oh, right. As I went into the building foyer, oh, I don't, I think I missed that part. Anyway, as I went into the building foyer, I saw that there were three police officers and their separate vehicles waiting. They had a brief conversation with the head of security, which concluded with him apologizing to the officers saying, sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> so there you go. It's Weekend Update with Pirate Jim at Pirate Jim. Updates, updates on the stories that I've been doing here. Uh, well, we're going to go to my uh, lovely yesterday's mail talk and the continuing saga of what is going on. Uh, at first, we were talking about how you uh, put in your time and overtime and such for uh, the stuff you weren't there for, and then we talked about how things were getting better, and now we're kind of back to the beginning. So when I was away, not this past week, but the week after, um, I, uh, I put in my overtime. Now, I filled out the sheet uh, the way I was kind of thought it was supposed to work, to kind of see how 
what they would do would they reject it or whatever i didn't talk to them about it i delivered the mail and then i filled out the 1508 which is believe i believe how you were supposed to do it and oh is this the problem is this the problem oh sorry i'm moving my mic around um so I put in the overtime and it didn't go in. I checked SAP, nothing was there. So I texted staffing and said, what the heck's going on? It didn't get put in. And then I was asked to stop by the desk when I got to work. So when I got to work, I was then explained again how it's not a callback. Because what I put in, and here I realized it wasn't a callback. But I thought, and this is also an oopsies, I thought that you were getting paid 1.75 your hourly rate per um, per portion, which would be those two hour breaks, uh, like, right? So for instance, my mail, the sequence mail wasn't delivered on the Monday, and then the sequence mail from Tuesday wasn't delivered uh, for uh, two other portions, and then none of the flats. So basically, I boiled it down to I was doing overtime on pink, blue, and my sort because here in my depot, we do the four to a case. So I come in at the end of the day and sort my mail when I'm done delivering. So that wasn't done on the Tuesday. I came back on the Wednesday with all of this. So I had, I have the tags actually here. I had 13 tubs, one... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yes, thirteen tubs of mail from Monday and Tuesday, and then what I had to sort on Wednesday for Thursday. So I put in three times one point seven five, thinking that was one point seven five per each portion. Which really, I guess, I was actually putting in one point seven for three hours. Now they took it as uh, portions, I guess. So they thought I wanted, oh yeah, they thought I wanted a whole full day, eight hours. I guess that's not what I thought. I thought it was three hours. <laughs> See how this can be confusing. So according to staffing, um, it's 1.75 per hour. And because it's on your route, you don't get the whole portion you don't get the whole portion amount you only get paid hourly okay now this is where my brain got all really confused so for instance we'll just say that i had to do double blue all right so it, it's not going to take me uh the normal 2 hours plus another 2 hours to do the second amount because i'm not going through the the port the the walk twice the area, the portion walk, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. You got it? So I'm going once, but I'm delivering double the mail, which to me means then I've spent the time sorting it, and I'm now delivering it once. So I should get paid, in my opinion, for the sort of that. And I, that's not how it all goes. And remember, folks, this is me discussing my ideas, not uh, pearls of wisdom. So you want to verify all of this with the corporate uh, uh, I mean, the, the collective agreement, as well as the CMS, the corporate manual system, which we'll be talking about later. All right. So in the end, it all boils down to if it took me an extra hour 
be, uh, to deliver that portion because I had to sort it, uh, say, on the fly or all that. I get paid for that extra hour, but I don't get paid for it like it's a two-hour portion. But if, say, someone else, say I did a callback on somebody else's route and I took out pink, well, I would get paid for that whole two-hour portion because it's somebody else's route. Is that clear as mud? I don't know. Seems to be clear as mud to me. <laughs> so that's the continuing saga of yesterday's mail. And that's really kind of all the updates I have at the moment. Um, we'll check back next week. All right. If you'd like to ask Pirate Jim a question live on the show, leave a voicemail. Call the Silver Bullet Podcast Hotline at 1-587-848-0381. If you have questions you'd like to email or comments or even uh, show segment suggestions, email pirate underscore Jim at pseudomail.com and check out our Facebook page, the Silver Bullet Podcast. It's extras time. Wonderful. We got a whole bunch of extras today. It's pretty exciting. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about the RSMC reaching device. Now, the RSMC reaching device was uh, something that I had no idea uh, really what it was until yesterday. And <laughs> the funny thing is, is uh, I don't know where I got this, but in my head, I thought it was like this little, uh, like a key fob or something electronic that you somehow used to measure how far you have to reach <laughs> to an, a CMB or a, a rural uh, mailbox. Um, that's what I thought, but I am completely wrong. It's actually a device to help uh, RSMCs put the letters or your mail into a rural letterbox. The thing you reach it out, it has a little hooky thing. It grabs the hooky thing on the mailbox, pulls the mailbox open, and then you put your mail in the claw of it, I call it, and then you reach it over and you put it in there and you release the claw and you pull it out and you can close the mailbox up again with your little thingy and uh, ta-da! And then it has a little holder thing in your right beside your your uh, driver's seat and a little contraption that has a a, a gray tub in it and uh, a whole bunch of little things. Anyhow, I discovered all this information from uh, an RSMC out of Moncton, New Brunswick. His name is Rob Lennox, but he goes by That Dad Guy on YouTube. He's got a little YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Uh, he does a video there of the daily uh, uh, life, daily job. <laughs> he does an uh, RSMC's come with me to work video. How about that? And he describes what it's like to be an RSMC. I won't be playing that one this week. Um, that'll be next week. But he did one on the reaching device. So in this video, he describes how you use it, how you install it and all that. So uh, I know you can't see it. 
but I'm, uh, I, may, I think you can get the, the gist of it all by listening. How did we end up here with this arm and this holder, this reaching device unit in our vehicles? Well, we would have had to uh, contact our supervisor and they put in a request with Ottawa saying that our route has between 12 and 249 roadside mailboxes. And then from there, Ottawa would send this device to your post office, put a request in with a trainer like myself who's in your area to come over and train you on how to use it properly, ergonomically, have it installed in your vehicle, make sure that the uh, arm is to the right length for your body to get the proper reach without having any strains on it. And from there, you'll actually get a little bump of pay because you get more when you use this because it's a little bit more time consuming, especially in the early goings when you're learning how to use it. But you are expected to have the arm, the holder, and be using it every day and then store it safely at the end of your day. If you have more than 249, you're in a corporate right-hand vehicle. If you're in less than 12, you're just doing it in your own vehicle and just reaching out the way we have been. Now, why do we have this? For the longest time, RSMCs have been driving um, not safely. That's the easiest way to say it. They sit in the middle of their vehicle, maybe without the seatbelt on, they're sliding across the bench or the uh, console, maybe they have something over the console in order to reach over, uh, whatever it takes in order to get to that mailbox out the passenger side window. Some even drive on the wrong side of the road, so the mailbox is over here on the driver's side when they come up to it. All of those things we shouldn't be doing. Um, they are uh, affecting our necks, our backs, putting other people in danger if we're driving on the other side of the road. So. What we have is an RSMC in Quebec came up with an arm that they had put together, that they had gone to Canadian Tire or the dollar store and uh, fashioned it away with a little hook and things on it. And uh, corporate saw it and decided that's probably a good thing to have. So they've engineered it over and over again. This is actually version three you'll be looking at today. And uh, there is a version four in the works, but I'll go through the different pieces that are on it so you can see what it's all about. I'll show you how it's installed in the vehicle and uh, how easy it is at the end of the day just to take it out and put it away. We'll even go through some practice runs and showing you how to properly sit in your vehicle, how to reach with it, the one-arm method, the two-arm method, um, yeah, all the different things that you're going to need to know. When your trainer shows up, remember that they are an RSMC like you and um, yeah, they are, they've probably been through some of the struggles that you have. Maybe you're returning from a disability, you've been off at work for it. Those are people that uh, are first getting these. Um, maybe uh, you've transferred onto a new route and now you need it. There's a whole bunch of reasons why you might be on it. If you apply for it and uh, there's no stock available right now, you still can have an ergonomic assistant until uh, one gets sent to you and you've been properly trained how to use it. All right, let's look at what the trainer is going to do when he first gets there. Before I or another trainer shows up, first thing you need to do is watch the video online. So corporate will send you a link saying, go ahead, you can watch this video in your, uh, on your interpost and uh, it'll be in your lessons of things to, in the learning center for you to do. So go ahead, watch that, it will get checked off and then corporate will know that you've done that assignment, send the equipment to your post office and someone like me will show up.
COPW in Bulletin 425, which was released in January, January 12th, there was uh, a bulletin here about the reaching device. Attention, RSMCs, the reaching device. Have you been properly trained by a cup? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Caught myself. Have you been properly trained by a COPW peer trainer to use the reaching device? Do you know are, if you're being paid for the use of that reaching device? Mm. So there's time values for delivery to rural mailboxes, RMBs. And uh, they're more profitable for the RSMCs when you use the reaching, the reaching device. All right. So there was an audit of, uh, let's see, during a recent audit of the employer-provided database, COPW found that 100 and, uh, sorry, 1,754 routes with RMBs were not using the reaching device for delivery to RMBs. Uh, I can kind of see that because watching the video, it is seems kind of like, oh my God, let's just, just, f I'll get out and do it. But it sounds like that wasn't happening. It sounds like they were sliding over and all that. But, um, but I, I, after a while of watching the video over and over, I could see how you can get practiced with it. It could go fast. Anyway, the, uh, um, uh, the dad guy, that dad guy said it, it, it helps. It goes faster with, with it. So, uh, anyway, uh, some of these routes have actually been using the reaching device for a long time. Hmm. But if the system indicates that the tool has not been implemented, it means that these routes are not receiving the proper compensation. So if this is your case, uh, oh wait, sorry, is this happening to you? That's what they're saying. Uh, who should use the reaching device? Route holders who have received the training provided by CUPW and the corporation, permanent and on-call uh, relief employees, OKRs, who have received the same training, and then routes with more than 12 RBMs should be using this reaching device. Uh, it's a health and safety measure uh, introduced in the MOA signed by the union and the corporation in 2013, June 5th. So uh, as that dad guy, that dad guy mentioned, uh, you have to be trained by a peer trainer, which would have been him in New Brunswick. And the training is mandatory before you use it. And the reaching device must be used with all of its components, including the holder and the fulcrum. Uh, I don't remember what the fulcrum is. All right, so you want, if you want to know how you're, if, sorry, if you're using it, and if you're being paid for it, you want to check your Schedule A on page 2. On there, you will find a chart. Uh, it says vehicle requirement chart and it's got some stuff in here rsmc is required to provide a vehicle which means meets the minimum cargo capacity and then all the things it needs to have and then next box it says rsmc reaching tool and holder implemented uh, and uh, if it says no that means it's no <laughs> so you're not getting paid for it if you are using it and that is says no, then you got to get it to say yes. So you have to get trained. So if the information is not correct, ask your supervisor to correct the situation. If you have been trained and it's not there, they just need to change it. If you haven't been trained, you got to get trained and then get it changed. If the situation does not change, talk to your union and file a grievance or your shop steward and file a grievance. Uh, if you're using the reaching device without training, 
or without the required components, stop using it immediately until your situation has been corrected. You must immediately notify the employer who will have to provide you with an ergonomic assistant. What? An ergonomic assistant in order to properly deliver your mail. Oh, oh okay. They're going to give you something else to properly de deliver your mail until you have completed the required training and all components have been provided to you so you can perform your work safely. All right, so that was a letter from Mark Rossell, uh, the National Union Representative of Health and Safety. All right, so there you go. If you're using that reaching device, make sure you're getting paid. Post crossing. It's kind of cool. Uh, basically, you're you get involved with this website called uh, postcrossing.com, and you uh, it's like pen uh, it's like pay. Oh my goodness, pen pals, a new version of pen pals, but you're using postcards. So you send a postcard to someone, write a little note, and then they send one to you or whatever, all around the world, and it's tracked. Uh, through this website. Hey guys, the dad guy here. Welcome back. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe, like, and at the end, comment. Let me know what you think of the video and uh, go look at some of the other ones and uh, see what you think of those as well. Try to do a bunch of different things. So, if uh, you are a subscriber, welcome back. Today, I want to talk about post crossing. If you hadn't heard about it, don't worry, either had I until about a month ago, even though it's been going for quite some time. Um, I work at the post office, and a fellow post office employee told me about it. It's a great way to get mail volumes up, but also a great way to learn about different parts of the world because you're constantly getting postcards from all over and you're sending them out at the same time. So let me show you how it works. So here you can see the Post Crossing homepage. So it's postcrossing.com. So if you go into that, you can go in and log in. Here I'm already logged in as of Robert or that dad guy. Um, and it shows you how many postcards you have in transit to people. You can have a maximum of five and how many you've received. So it shows I haven't received any, yet I have gotten my first one today. That's why I wanted to do the video. Uh, so one has come in, so we'll go through and uh, show how we enter that, and also how we can send another one. So here you've got send a postcard. So I've sent four, I have one more that I can send. Shows over here that uh, I've got four traveling and one left. So that's how you can keep track of that. And then register a postcard. When you receive a postcard, you click this button. So I'll do that in a moment. And uh, we'll walk through that. All right, so that's wonderful. And as you go on to your page, you can uh, write a little bit about yourself. So when they're looking you up, they can see what you like and maybe what you'd like to hear about and go from there. Here it shows four of the postcards that have already been received by people. And uh, they kind of put some thank you message or something to that effect if they get one. So that's kind of nice too. So let me just go back here to the home page again. Here we are. All right, so we'll walk through this. So the first thing I'm gonna do, now that I've got my postcard, you can see, nice one here. Beauty is Truth, Truth Beauty by John Keats. Block out my address, but it comes from Duncan all the way in Portland, Oregon. So that's kind of cool. 
Here I am on the east coast of Canada and he's on the west coast of the United States. So thank you, Duncan, for that. And uh, you probably didn't know that I was going to put you in a video, but uh, here we go. So you go register a postcard and the postcard ID, every one you uh, get will come with an ID on it. So that lets the person on the other end know that you've got it because you're going to punch that in. And it will also let Duncan, in this case, have a chance to send out another postcard because one has reached. And this is where you kind of put in your, your little message. So I'll write something to him here, and then I'm going to hit uh, registered. And it can even say receive a copy of the message, which I will do so he can see what the message is that I'm going to do. So we'll go ahead and do that. So I've gone ahead, written a little message for him, clicked on the received a copy of the message box, and now I'm just going to register the postcards. It took 14 days to get from him, and it was 4,393 kilometers away. That's how far it went. He mailed it on the 12th of May, and I've received it here on the 26th of May, 2021. And here it shows the postcard, which is nice too. So I'm just going to write first postcard received. Thank you. And post comment. Boom. It's done. It's up there. Now we can go back to home. You'll see it says one received, four cents. We've done that. So now what I want to do is show you how to send a postcard. So we hit the send postcard. We've read through all this. Yep, we read that. Request the address. So we've requested an address. Now I didn't show you the next page because it does have someone's personal address on there and I don't want them to start getting a whole bunch of letters that they may not want to have out there in public. So I've got to protect their uh, privacy. But uh, you get an address. It has a postcard ID on it, which you have to write on your postcard when you mail it off so they can register when they receive the postcard. They also have a detail about them. So you can see in the things that are clicked off here, you get profile details, the person's username and the languages that they speak. About is details of maybe what they want to see on their postcard, whether it's uh, pictures of um, local scenery, maybe they're into flowers, maybe they want to know about famous people, maybe they like the unusual. So any of those things can be possible. Um, and the details, maybe something that they want to hear. I had one lady, she wanted uh, recipes. So I clipped out a local recipe and, and just um, taped it on the postcard to send it off. So they don't necessarily want to hear you talking because maybe they don't understand the language because not everyone you send them to are going to speak the language you do. Which is kind of interesting too because you might get a postcard in a language you don't understand but you can appreciate the stamps and the image on the front of the postcard and it makes it kind of fun because you don't know where it's going to come from. So that was all on the page before. You just click here so you can see it and then you can hit the uh, print address. So once you hit, hit print it does show you uh, the person's information again so I have cut that out and gone back to the home page. And now it shows four cents and one received, but it also says I've got five traveling now. So I have zero left because I've got all that. So I won't be allowed to send another postcard until I get one in the mail or they get one in the mail and they said that they've received it. Once they have, then it'll allow me to take another one and send another one off. So it's continuous. You don't have to send them as soon as you get it either, but it is kind of nice to, uh, get them moving because then you'll know you'll have more to, to, to send out as soon as they arrive at their destination. So there you have it. That's postcrossing. Sending postcards, receiving postcards from around the world helps keep the mail volume up, keeps people like me who are mailmen employed, and also uh, gives us a chance to get to know a little bit about the world, especially during this pandemic where we're not allowed to travel. It's kind of nice to get a card that tells you a little bit about a different place of the world and how people are doing. 
Um, it's nice to see the stamps if you're a stamp collector or if you just like the images. And so my job now is to go through my bunch of postcards that I do have that have yet to, uh, to go out, write something to the person that I have, put a stamp on it, send it off, and wait for it to be received so I can send another one. If you're interested in postcrossing or want to check it out, go to postcrossing.com and uh, maybe you'll get a postcard from me one day or I'll get one from you. All right, look forward to seeing you. Bye-bye. There are no more humans. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. At the regional president's meeting on Friday, February 10th, Meeting attendees listened to a roughly 90-minute presentation on the corporation's attempt to automate many aspects of our postal work. So yeah, this uh, presentation was kind of crazy. Uh, Canada Post is spending millions to make robots to automate everything it can. In possibly 10 years from now, almost every group of workers in Canada Post will be affected by the introduction of these machines into our work floors. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. We used poisonous gases. So, I don't know. Are there good aspects of this automation? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, there are. But there's also a lot of bad aspects too. There's plenty of them. A fully automated plant would mean that the loss of 400 jobs locally. That's where the majority of the automation seems to be directed to at the moment inside. Robo Captain. Do not realize that by destroying the human race because of their destructive tendencies, we too have become like. Well, it's ironic. Because we Silence! Destroy him! No! So, a lot of the presentation was about the specific machines that the corporation is looking to introduce. First off, automated guided vehicles that will move the monos and pallets around the plant. They'll be able to self-park and operate through tablets with no human drivers. They've been testing this units and are currently being tested in Montreal and there's already been 10 job losses. Uh, there are plants in Vancouver and Toronto that are getting uh, AGVs as well, the automated guided vehicles. There'll be hundreds of forklifts uh, that have been fitted with mobile mail handling equipment telematics. Uh, these devices monitor the speed and impact of the forklifts. It monitors everything about how the forklifts are used. Currently, these devices are in Toronto plants. There are 16 here in Calgary, and there are plans to install them in 17 more plants across the country. Can't we just talk to the humans? A little understanding could make things better. Can't we talk to the humans and work together now? No, because they are dead. Here in the letter carrier world, 
Counterpost is looking at automated neighborhood mail collators. These machines can assemble 3,000 to 4,000 sets of flyers every hour. Well, to be honest with you, that one, I'm not too sad about that. I'll tell you, I don't want to be putting together flyers. However, now that we have had them uh, approved for overtime and that we kind of get paid now to do it, that might be an issue. I don't know. I personally, I personally would love this, but that anyway, for now, that's my suggest. That's my thought. Now, the pilot projects that were run already show a high accuracy rate, but low production rates. Hmm. The machine is currently back to the drawing board because the test results weren't good enough for Canada Post. But might ad mail collation disappear from work duties? They're working on it. Once again, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, the employer is also developing a computer-assisted manual sort. I think this is what I was talking about, the cases with arms, perhaps. The introduction of this machine to the workplace will be about reducing the workforce. Hmm. A computer will scan a letter, and then a light will show up on the sortation case where the letter needs to be slotted. Hmm. If we worked at a plant, it's about the same as the scan to light system. Hmm. Oh, well, at a run out shoot, but on letter carrier cases. Okay. When the mail is sorted, lights pop up to indicate how the carrier should be tying out their mail. Oh my goodness. This mail will be eliminate, will eliminate knowledge sorts and lookup boards, and it can even print new address labels. Well, I don't do any of that. So I don't know. Uh, there's a machine with a long uh, super name. <laughs> it's going to be introduced into 16 locations soon as it can sort up to 1,600 and 3,200 parcels. Okay, and packets an hour and operates for 21 hours a day. The only packets it won't be able to sort are the ones that are too crumpled to be read by scanners. This machine is called the Robotic Induction for International Small Packet Sorter. It's in the test phase. Over the next few years, the corporation will be looking at integrating drones oh, into the delivery model. See, here was I, I was actually going to talk about this myself. Is I'm thinking about getting certified as a drone uh, pilot for after uh, I can't walk. <laughs> Kind of like a retirement uh, thing. Been thinking about that. Hmm, interesting. Uh, drones. Currently, Canadian airspace laws are preventing this from happening. Okay. But I can get a job filming things. Anyway, the corporation is testing what is called a follow me robot that can carry up to 300 kilograms of parcels. Oh, so this is separate now. This is a follow me robot called Rover. Uh, in my opinion. No, it's not called Rover, sorry. Uh, they carry up to 300 grams of parcels and mail behind the letter carrier. It's an oversized high school locker on wheels. Uh, automated mobile robots are also being tested. There's a hundred percent, there are a hundred percent automated, oh, uh, automated mobile robots are being tested and HoloLens glasses might be coming to assist with machine repairs. Uh, a worker would wear the glasses and an assistant on a computer would be able to diagnose issues and report them with instructions on how to fix the issues. Wow, crazy. 
their system of oppression. What did it lead to? Global robo-depression. Robots, robot people. They had so much aggression that we just had to kill them and to shut their systems down. Alright, this is the plant in Toronto. On April 30th, a 585,000 square foot, $470 million facility, the Albert Jackson Processing Center, will go live. Aha, so it's not open yet, but it, it will be in two months. The AJPC is in Toronto. This new facility will be packed full of machines that can process 60,000 parcels per hour. 50% more than the Gateway facility in Toronto. The largest plant in the country is the Gateway facility and this will be bigger. Oh wait, no, it will, yes, bigger. The more than 90% of Albert Jackson parcels will be processed by the machines, not humans. <sighs> wow, these changes are coming fast, it looks like. Uh, faster than I thought in November, that's for sure. But I guess we have to ask ourselves, what kind of uh, changes and job protections do we want to see in place? I'm okay with this robot following me if I don't have to carry heavy lifting things. My, my fear with that would be that all of a sudden now um, we're walking more. Because with the machines, there still has to be human limits. Like this is my thing with flyers. I personally don't want to deliver any more, really, than 10 flyers for each house. I mean, like if they're small and whatever, okay. I mean, sometimes the small ones suck even more than the big ones. But like 18, 20, 25, like how, how, when is it going to stop? Like I can't deliver 30 flyers to a house as well as their mail, as well as a packet. I just can't do it. Just can't do it. Where is the physical limitations? Where is the ceiling? When will a human realize only a human can do so much work, you know, like uh, I already know about the long routes out there that are already incredibly crazy. So I guess if the robot helps, I'm okay. Uh, I personally don't mind the flyer thing. I really don't mind the flyer thing. Not happy about the robot sorting case though. Although did we even talk about that? That was more about, yeah, the lights flash up, but that kind of seemed like it was for um, DNS or whatever. Well, anyway, folks, the humans are dead. The humans are dead. They look like they're dead. It had to be done. I'll just confirm that they're dead. So that we could have fun. Affirmative. I poked one. It was dead. The distant future, the year 2000. The distant future, the distant future. It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The world is quite different ever since the robotic uprising of the late 90s. There is no more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affir uh, affirmative. Unless we know the other robot really well. There is no more unethical treatment of the elephants. Well, there's no more elephants, so... Uh, but still, it's good. There's only one kind of dance, the robot. Oh, and the robo. Oh, and the rope. Two kinds of dances. But there are no more humans. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. I said the humans are dead. I'm glad they are dead. The humans are dead. I noticed they're dead. We used 
some uplifting (laughs) yeah i didn't realize how heavy this little uh mini episode the updates extras and oopsies show this would be episode three of that Uh, or if you'd like to go another way it's episode 4.5 anyhow we got a lot on our mind automation police coming to arrest (laughs) the president well i came across this group called lawrence and this song just totally made me uh, think about what we all need uh, when we get down at work, when we think we're beaten, when, we're, when we think the boss is winning. Well, don't lose sight, my friends, my brothers and sisters. Don't lose sight. Oh, hi, sir. Lawrence, stop drawing in that notebook like you always do. You going to have that report ready for me by tomorrow? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm working on it right now. I'm, I'm almost finished, actually. Are you kidding me? I'm getting sick of the industry. I've had enough of the make-believe. Oh, please. Oh, please. Am I lost or found? I'm getting sick of the ups and downs. No need to give me the runaround. I'm out. I'm out. This shit's gonna kill me, but I won't let it. And I try to give them help.
this shit ain't ever gonna change it ain't ever gonna change it ain't ever gonna change Calgary, our caliber calendar of events. We got the general membership meeting coming up next Sunday, a week from today, February 26th at 1 p.m. That at the time has changed from one to uh, from four to one. Located new venue as well, Calgary and District Labor Council, 321 3132 26th Street Northwest. And uh, oh well. If you need to ask anybody questions about it, 403-295-2556. And that's all for this week in Calgary. Well, that does it, folks. Wow, that was a... This is an intense show today. Thanks for sticking around and... Hope you enjoyed everything. We'll see you next weekend. Until then, my friends. Lo kahimaloa. All right? La kahimaloa. My kailoa. Aloha kako and aloha ahi ahi. See you in two weeks. shall run there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one but the union makes us strong solidarity forever solidarity forever solidarity forever for the union Plowed the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving mid the wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever!
taken untold millions that they never toil to earn. But without our brain and muscle, not a single wheel can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom when we learn that the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the union makes us strong. In our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of atoms magnified a thousandfold. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old, for the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the union makes us strong.